Hello, we are back. I'm here with Blake. How's it going, guys? I'm here with Dre. Yeah, we're back back in it. We took a week off, but we're back. Back in Hollywood. Back in the business. Well, we've been in Hollywood, but you, you, you know what I mean. We're, uh, we're, we're both, we're both, uh, terribly, uh, withdrawing from nicotine tonight. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Kind of sucks. Dre ordered a, Dre ordered a vape in the mail and it came and it, and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Uh, it's a sign. I finished, uh, a pack of cigarettes and told myself I wouldn't buy any more. So here we are. We're both sitting here scratching our knees a little bit but we're fine yeah i'm okay i'm a little concerned about you i i i like felt myself snapping inside i don't think i snapped outside but i maybe my face did yeah when you like threw your pants down on the ground (laughs) i was like um do you want me to hang those up for you you're like can't find a hanger and i was like well I'll find one for you. Just you just relax. You just sit on down. So I was I was trying to hang my pants and looking for and I couldn't find a hanger and I and I I got mad and gave up and just threw the pants at the ground and just said, Why does everything have to be so hard? Yeah. Why, you know. That's what you did. And then and then I stopped and looked at myself and thought, Blake is is this the is this the nicotine? Do you need to do you need to stop? Oh, blame it on the nicotine, Blake. I when do I throw my pants on the ground? I'm just kidding. No, you're not very grumpy. Neither of us are very grumpy people, luckily. I that's why I'm surprised at myself. Hmm. I feel like you get grumpier more than I do, but I am a close second. I'm not far behind you. You're more of a brooding than a grumpy. I'm much more brooding. You're, I'm just you're a I'm just like I give you the look like it'll be a mistake if you if you talk to me, and then you'll just kind of check in mm-hmm. from time to time, mm-hmm. respectfully. You, you you know the drill. You know how it goes. You're a little more grumpy, but you you've like entered your your daddy phase of life, and so with that territory, you know, heavy lies the crown because now that you're a daddy, you're also gonna have like you know, little, like, dad things that you get mad about, you know? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, like the lawn. Yeah, like... Or not being able to find a good place to hang my pants. Right, just... Yeah, that's a very old man problem to have. Yeah. As it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, God damn, I'm old. That <laughs> This is what really ruined my afternoon, is I just couldn't find a damn place to hang my pants, and I, and I just lost it. Why? Why has it got to be so damn hard to hang my pants? You know what I mean. Uh-huh. That's that's literally what age my brain is now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not far behind you. I'm turning thirty this year. Yeah, I'm a big bitch. The, yeah, you are. Yeah. You've grown up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Have I? Uh, I met you when you were like twenty two. Twenty one. Twenty one. We started like dating when I was twenty two. Yeah, you're way more relaxed. Did I used to be not relaxed? No, just like way more highs and lows. Ah, yes. You know, like best day of your life, worst day of your life, best party ever, worst, 
night ever, you know, big fights, stuff like this. And yeah. now it's like, now we're in the, we're in like, we've gotten to the 30s phase of the relationship, which is where you, you know, smoke weed and watch TV. I like it a lot. It's so cozy, right? Way better. Yeah, and you just hang out with your pets. Yeah, it's yeah. like, sure, is there less euphoria? Yeah, I'm not on drugs all the time, but then there's less, like, you know, uh, come downs. Mm-hmm. You know, literal yeah. and otherwise. There's just, you know, less of that. Yeah, yeah, every, every great night has a terrible morning, so... Not always. (laughs) Not always. But you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We're way more chill now. Oh, you're... I was saying, you're way more chill now than when I met you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a crazy tornado no more. You quit chain smoking. Ah, I did. You're right. And, and, and then turned into a, an, uh, an what I would call like a nighttime vapor, like just a, a little, a little bit before bed, just a little nicotine before well, bed while you're watching your shows, I guess. <laughs> while you're watching your novellas. That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't take full credit for quitting smoking because that is like a side effect of my antidepressant. And if you don't take it as an antidepressant, people can be like prescribed to a low dose of it to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. But But before I was on the medication, maybe like, I don't know, I want to say like half a year before that, I was just tapering down anyway. Like I was just like giving packs away. Like I'd like cave and buy a pack and smoke some and be like, hey, like, do you want some cigarettes? Do you want this pack of cigarettes? Like trying to like get it away from me, even though I just bought a pack. Like, um, so I was kind of... It was on its way out. I was trying anyway. So then when I started t- taking Wellbutrin, it just, like, changed it up. Like, cigarettes are nasty to me now. Like, I don't smoke... Like, I'll want a cigarette, and I'll more so, like, nostalgically want a cigarette. Like, when I was watching Mad Men, I'll oh, forget about it. I wanted a cigarette, like, all the time. But I wanted a cigarette inside wearing like a specific outfit and specific mood lighting. You know what I mean? Like I wanted <laughs> that's the cigarette you I wanted. You wanted the cosplay a cigarette. I wanted a cinematic want, cigarette experience. You wanted the cosplay a cigarette smoker. Right. So I so then I put on a robe and like smoke a cigarette on the porch and I'm like this just isn't what I was envisioning. <laughs> the robe is nice. It's a nice touch, but it's just not what I want so I more so like want I want I want like the nostalgia of a cigarette more so than the actual cigarette it's weird but nicotine like vaping love to vape it's so embarrassing I hate it but I I just really like it what do you like about it um it's probably not so much what I like about it versus that I'm just addicted to nicotine uh, so I think that I like things about it, but I like vaping because it's more like a hookah experience, you know, mm-hmm. versus cigarettes, which just smell so bad. They smell so bad. Like, yeah. that's what I can't deal with. I can't. That's so nasty. Yeah. But that's just me. I don't judge. This world is hard enough without someone judging you for smoking. Right. Or vaping. For a long time, I was an all-the-time smoker. Like, wake up in the morning and then smoke all day long. And for a long time, I was. And then I quit because of Chantix, that pill that P. 
people say like gives them crazy nightmares. Does it work? It, the the way it works is uh, it makes cigarettes taste really bad to you. Okay. And not right away, but after about like seven, eight, nine days, if you take the pill every, the cigarettes like you light one up and you'll take a few drags and you'll be like, oh, this tastes disgusting. That's how I feel. And the on smell of other people smoking. Mm. Sorry, what were you gonna say? That's how you feel. On Wellbutrin, it on is. Wellbutrin. Yeah, it just tastes bad, smells bad, just not fun. Uh huh. Like you light it up and you're just like, ugh. It's it's a chore to smoke it. Has Wellbutrin affected your dreams? Oh, I've been on it for like five years now, so I don't think it does at all. But I don't. When I started taking it. I remember checking, my doctor checking in with me and being like, how's it going on this, whatever. And I remember saying, I I really like it. Like, I feel like I'm not taking anything, you know? Uh-huh. Like, I feel like this is just how I'm supposed to be. Like, I'm not, it doesn't feel like I'm on anything when I take it, which okay, is cool. right. Yeah. That's how you know that it's good. Yeah, that I don't yeah. have, like, fucked up side effects. Right. Fucking, one of my friends started taking it. And she got bronchitis, which can be a side effect. From Wellbutrin? Yes. Super weird. Oh. It can affect your lungs and some people. And then another one of our friends, Michelle, started taking it. Right. And when she would drink with it, I mean, not, you know, she's not popping a Wellbutrin and, like, taking shots, but, you know, just in general, like, she t- took it that day and then she had some drinks later that day. Uh-huh. Like, she, it, it was a really bad reaction for her. And a lot of people can't drink on it. And if you're, like, a social drinker, like, that could be a problem for you. Mm-hmm. Might make you more depressed. Wow. So, yeah. So, I I feel bad because people have asked me. They both asked me. Like, you take this. Like, mm-hmm. how does it affect you? I'm like, man, it's, it's pretty great. Like, it for sure affects my sex drive, which, like, you know, it was an adjustment. But, like, besides that, I don't have any side effects really Mm -hmm. nothing to write home about like at all so i feel bad recommending it to them and they both had really shitty side effects wow yeah that's interesting it worked for you and not hmm well i guess whatever works for you yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. the reason why i asked about the dreams thing is that that's the number one reported side effect is that people have nightmares on Mm. chantix And I did not, but I had extremely, I would wake up with extremely detailed memory of insanely long dreams. That's just like my regular life. That's you every day. Not every day. They've they've stopped a lot. I wish that was me all the time. I I, I should get back on Chantix for (laughs) this reason. Just for the experience of the nightmares. Just for the dream. Well, mine weren't nightmares. Mine were like insanely awesome adventures oh cool or just like you know like an hour of like just insanely surreal trippy shit but it was right. it was the it was the first time in my life no second time in my life i remember waking up in the morning and being like that dream was so intense and so long and it's like half an hour long and i remember all of it you yeah. know what i mean usually you just wake usually i just wake up with like a glimpse or the last thing i thought before i woke up you know right yeah. And even then they slip away pretty fast. Dreams, man. Oh, I've had, I've probably had like five crazy dreams that will 
stick with me with their like cinematic quality and like how long they were and like detailed a lot of stuff still gets lost in the surreal nature of dreams like you're here one second and then you're somewhere else and then this person just arrived and then they're standing next to you and it just but in the dream you're like oh yeah this makes sense but when you play it back to yourself there's no like there's no um like chronological way that it makes sense like time wise it's just like all time time goes out the window kind of or the way people like arrive you know what i mean yeah there's no point in your dream where you like stop and you're like wait a minute that's not right <laughs> like why did the wall disappear why well, you're my dad why did you turn into my boyfriend like what Ew. you know what I mean? well sorry. I, sorry i was just i was just freestyling there that didn't happen to me okay <laughs> It's okay. Freudian slip, it's sorry, okay guys. if it did. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it in the dream. It's just a dream. Yep. Do you like play into dreams a lot? Like, do you feel like they mean something? Uh, no, they're just extremely interesting. Mm. I've never had a dream that I felt like, oh, that was. What does that mean? I've never thought that. It's always just been yeah. like that was a really fun random thing. I got the most excited or enthusiastic I got about my dreams was when. Uh, I've had I've had a few dreams where I figure out how to fly and I and I'm learning but and I'm still new but I'm getting good at flying Ooh. and I'll do and I'll and I'll you know fly around a little bit and it and it feels extremely real and it, if the feeling in my dream is like so as such a such a adrenaline high realistic feeling of like like or this orgasmic feeling of like oh my god i unlocked the secret to flying and i'm doing it wow i've only had it maybe five times in my life but every time it's been great one time i flew up to the top of a skyscraper and landed Whoa. and then looked down and then dropped and swooped around a little bit you know those are the best for me because i was obsessed with the idea of flying as a kid like peter pan stuff you know that's really cool i i would say that like five dreams would would um be considered reoccurring you know Mm-hmm. yeah that's cool i wonder does it but it's just a dream like you're not in control of it you're not trying to like oh no in my dream i like understand the mechanics and and uh, and that's what i put into my kids book with that, that that thing about flying it's basically a kind of like astral projecting um it's like you have to you you have to one of the hardest parts is you have to remain extremely relaxed. You have to remain completely relaxed because as soon as you start to... And in my dream, this is how I experienced it. Like, when I would get nervous or start to tense up, I would start to lose control and fall. But as long as I remained calm and just confident that it was okay... Right. That I would, which is extremely hard to do when you're in the middle of the air. Yeah. Especially over a city. Uh, but you, as long as you remain relaxed and calm... And, and you, you, yeah, astral projecting kind of, like you see yourself lifting and, and, and you, that's how you lift. Right. The same way you, when, the same way you move your left arm. Wow. Like a muscle, like you, but you have to, you can't be scared at all. You have to be a hundred percent confident. You have to be completely relaxed and you can start to, and you have to kind of flap a little bit to push the air around you. You got to flap? Not like a bird, but like, feel like you light, move lightly, like to guide yourself around the air and wind and stuff. Like, do you think that you move while you are are in the physical world that we both share right now, like while you're asleep, like in your dreaming? Oh no, I don't think I've done this in real life. 
But no, when you're asleep, dreaming these dreams, mm-hmm. do you do you think you like move at all in your dreams, like trying to fly? Like physically, am I rolling around in my sleep? Uh huh. I don't know. Probably. That's cute. Yeah. I never knew that about you. That's crazy. You're basically like kind of astral projecting. Don't know enough about that to go on a rant about it. So I'm not. I'm not going to let myself. Yeah, I never thought about it that hard. I just felt really lucky that I had those dreams. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I flew around, um, like, not the real, like, Manhattan or Chicago, but in my brain, like, a recreated type version. Could have been the real one. You could have been visiting a place. Maybe. Maybe. What's real? What isn't, <laughs> you know? Who, yeah, I don't who know. Who can say? Maybe I was tapping into a mirror of a alternate dimension where these things are possible that's fucking tight yeah i i've never been able to do that because when i feel that sensation of that you're kind of like you're falling asleep and you're kind of like leaving your body a little bit and you're like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you're so relaxed that you're just you feel like you're like levitating and floating up every time that's happened to me i've had um sleep paralysis like every time so I avoid that so when I feel that coming on I'm like I just start trying to wiggle out of it because you have to start because you're paralyzed you have to start like moving so whenever I feel that happening I'll like jerk so it doesn't happen and maybe something cool could happen but in my experience it's only been like you know sleep paralysis and like you know towering dark figures over me like being weird and it's scary so See, I don't know anything about sleep paralysis. I've never experienced it. I see people make jokes about it. Handful of times. I'm 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 no sleep paralysis, you know, connoisseur. You're awake, but you're asleep. Walk me through it. Okay. Yeah. So you're for sure awake. Like you're in your room. Like you don't you're you're kind of in between a dream state and not. And so you'll be lying down. Typically actually only it's only happened when I've been lying on my back which I prefer to do to fall asleep anyway. But, and so I'll be lying there, and you feel heavy and light at the same time. So you feel like this kind of, like, sinking feeling into the bed that you feel when you're falling asleep, when you kind of let go, when you become heavy, when you fall into the earth, that good feeling of finally just falling asleep. You start to feel that, but then you also feel this pull at the same time where you're kind of levitating, kind of like, you know, I, I, for whatever reason, I feel it in my arms first because I guess that's what you would realize to be paralyzed first, not your legs, because you're just kind of, your legs are kind of dead weight at that point. You know what I mean? They're like Mm -hmm. under the covers. They're like weighted a little bit. You know, you don't think about it in your legs first. I feel it in my arms and I kind of feel this levitating feeling in them. And then I feel like I want to kind of like move and then I can't move. And then these dark figures, they look like, um, what do they look like? They kind of look like something out of, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Like those, those, uh, the drawings from those books. Where it's just like a black shadow thing. Do you remember those drawings? Are you talking about the Edward Gorey? Is that the creator of that they're all black and white drawings yes mm-hmm. yeah um i think it's edward gory let me yeah look it up i'd like to know pause um, sorry i'm sorry you don't have to pause i'll look it up um 
this is actually I'm looking at this these pictures of this guy's illustrations and that's actually kind of more accurate this is not from this is I mean it could I don't think it's the same artist from scary stories to tell in the dark they had like a very specific style or whatever team created that but this is really cool Edward Gorey has some cool stuff this is actually more accurate that's interesting um yeah, Edward but, Gorey's super cool. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of like that. But, like, they're all black, pitch black, very dark. Like, they're wearing... But, like, their faces... Like, they don't have faces, really. But they have arms. Mm-hmm. And they're very tall. Like, they're as tall as the ceiling. And there's... Like the Slender Man? Kind of, but there's three of them. There's always three. <gasps> there's always three? There's always three. Oh, that's interesting. There's always three, and they stand over me... And they're these just, you know, cartoonish figures, like maybe what a little kid would draw as like something scary, just with a with a black crayon, like a, a scary figure. And they're tall. They almost are wearing something that seems almost like tailored or like a cloak or something, right? Maybe a cloak or, yeah, some kind of cape or cloak or something like that. And, and they just kind of stand over me and like mess with me and that's basically it i wouldn't call them like night terrors but like but it's only happened a handful of times and it hasn't happened in a long time i'll sometimes feel that sleep paralysis feeling every once in a while and i always just jerk myself out of it i'm like no we're not we're not doing this we're not gonna do it so you can talk yourself out of it when you're in it, in it, no, it's too late. But if you feel it coming, you if can I feel it coming, then I'm like, oh, get... oh, fuck no, fuck no, and then oh, like okay. get out of it. But then like if I'm in it, you're, it's called paralysis for a reason. Like you can't, you're trying to move and you right. can't. So other people that I that have talked about sleep paralysis, there's this joke about this is the thing that you see in the corner of your room. Right. Is it common to experience three? I don't know. Do what? Have you talked to other sleep paralysis people? Because there seems to be a common theme, right? That there's something in your room that that's, like, that's a figure. Yeah, I remember... That's a demon looking, or something. Yeah, I remember looking at the Wikipedia page one time, but I, like, yeah, people will say they, they see... <laughs> yeah, look it up. Go for it. You get you get three Googles. I get three Googles. I already <laughs> used one on Edward Gorey. Is Number it? two I'm using on Sleep Paralysis Ooh, Demon. spooky podcast. Yeah, love this spooky episode. See, the one of the, I I so far I typed in sleep p and the third result is sleep paralysis demon memes. <laughs> uh, I just want to learn about the demons, not the memes. I already know about the memes. Sleep paralysis demons. That's super funny. Let's just go straight to the Wikipedia. I was just thinking about spooky season. I was like, holy shit, we're right halfway through August. It's almost time for spooky shit. Last spooky season, I was super into it. I was like very in the spirit. I was watching lots of horror movies. I was having a great time mm-hmm. being spooky. And I'm really excited for it again. It's a good feeling. I love Halloween. Got anything cool? I just gave up really fast and was like, I don't want to be on my phone anymore. It was taking too long for results, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. The well, the phone didn't get fast enough to the facts for my attention span. We'll cover, stick around for next episode, guys, where we talk about sleep paralysis, and de- sleep paralysis demons in further detail uh, after I do my research. I love that we say we're going to do homework and come back and like talk about the things that we don't know about 
we're talking about and we come back and we we don't yeah no we don't have to no it's just that cliffhanger that that stick you know it gets people excited for the next episode and then when the next episode comes around it's so good they they just totally forgot about all the empty promises we gave them that we're not going to deliver on hope so i hope so too tino's in rowdy mode right now he's trying really hard to play He's like whining and crying because I'm not playing with him because I'm trying to do a podcast. So I I gave him a bone so that way he'd have a bone to chew on. So if you heard lots of weird crackling and popping, that's the bone. Wait, he's got the bone in his mouth again. I mean, now. it's the Tino show. So it is Tino's show. It's Tino's I'm just, show. I'm trying it's to make sure. Only right that he should be here with us. Listen to this. Listen to this. Go in. Go in. That's really badass that you're reoccurring... Okay, that's enough. That's really badass that your reoccurring dreams are about, like, flying. Thanks. Mine are about, like, hostage situations. Like, those are my reoccurring dreams. But I'm, I'm typically... Another thing about my dreams, I'm not in them. You know that. But I'm not... I'm in them some sometimes, like, a lot of the time, half the time, but then half the time, I'm just not in them. That's really weird to me, because I don't remember ever having a dream that I'm not in. It's very common. I'll be someone else. Like I'll be looking through the eyes of someone else, but I don't feel a tie to myself as a person. Like, I kind of just feel like a consciousness. Mm-hmm. I'm not bringing all my baggage with me when I'm someone else. Nope, I'm always me. Yeah, so that is strange, but I have hostage situations. And they're always different. Like hostile, like you're like like you're like, like is, in a. Is that a movie? Yeah, no, I haven't actually seen that movie. But I mean, like when you're uh, trapped in a room and you're like strapped to a chair, and like there's like a guy being mean to you at the door or something. There's typically like five people there that were for some reason all like kidnapped in like you know some kind of like small scale like like you know terrorist thing happening. And, um, so you're not the only one captive. No, there's typically others. There's typically a group captive. But I've had one or two where I think it's just one where it was just, just one person. And I was looking through the eyes of, um, Patricia Clarkson, who is an actor and she's really great. And then from home alone. Is Patricia Clarkson in Home Alone? Am I thinking of Patricia O'Hara? No. Uh, Who's Patricia Clarkson? Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. You fool. I'm so bad with names. I'm the worst with names. Who's Patricia Clarkson? She has a delightful southern drawl. She's like a very like petite, dainty southern belle. She always has her hair dyed blonde. She's probably about 60 now. She's beautiful and charming. She's been in some stuff. And in your dreams, you're her? No, in that one dream. In that one dream? They're always different. Oh, you switch bodies in different dreams and stuff. Yeah, but, like, yeah, and Viola Davis was a character in it, too, and then another actor, but I can't remember who she was. Wow. Yeah, and they were, it was weird. Yeah. It was strange. So, yeah, those are my dreams. I'm, like, looking through, I'm someone else in them. It was real weird. I don't know if that's common. I wish we had, like, like some kind of group where, like, people could, like, comment about these things. So I want to know what people think about this shit. Well, we Should we make op- a Facebook group? No, 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 no. The uh, The kids are using Discord now. 
Discord's well, like where you open up like a chat room about your podcast or something. That's cool because I don't have like a Facebook or a Twitter, so I don't. It would be hard for me to like talk to people. No, the bonus part about Discord, I think, is you can set times for parties. Like, hey guys, Wednesday night, six to seven, we're gonna be on Discord, and we can all like chat, and you can ask us questions, and we'll respond there. Cool. And we can DJ or something. Oh, that would give me a reason to DJ again. I'd be super into that. Yeah, you should definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I miss you DJing. That was fun when we had DJ parties. Yeah, it was fun. Because it was just like a fun excuse to like get drunk and dance at home. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good exercise, too. Yeah. It's good exercise, and you're getting drunk. It's super fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun way to party, for sure. Mm-hmm. Dancing's great. That's one thing I really miss. Like, I know like a lot of people have dance at home parties and stuff, but like... I really miss dancing really hard. It's a really great way to, like, sweat a lot. And then, you know, if you're already home and you don't have to, like, get a cab, you can just walk right into the bathroom and shower or just pass it I out. love partying at home. Like, mm-hmm. if... Because if, my home always feels fairly cozy, you know? Even if the space isn't ideal, I'll, like, try and make it feel that way, you mm-hmm. know? And so I love having people over because I'm, like, proud of how I curate my space. Yeah. But, um... But a lot of people, you know, don't want to do house parties. They want to be, like, out and and pay, you know, they want to have, like, $50 bar tabs. Me, not so much, but I I understand going out. Yeah. Yeah, I understand going out. But I'm over it, too. And I've been over it for a while. It's a great time to be over it. It's a great time to be over it. If, if If you guys are, like, really... Hey, guys, if you're really sick and tired of going out... Right now is the best time to be you. <laughs> you're so funny when you're like, hey guys. I like I'm making a commercial. Right. Like, I know. I love playing that joke where I'm like going to say like, please subscribe and, and sponsor us. And, or, but I say like the, some dumb shit. That, that to me, that joke never gets old and I'm going to keep doing it. I promise. I, I believe you. I believe you'll uphold your promise. That's right. That's mm. right. <laughs> How was your day? Did you do anything cool? Today, I went to my job at the thrift store, and I've been at the thrift store now for like a week, I think, a week and a half. Something like that. Yeah. And so far, it's my favorite job I've ever had in my life. It's the most (laughs) ideal thing ever. I I work, literally every shift is from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and that's it. I get a 15-minute break and a 30-minute lunch, and uh, basically, I just like sort through donations everybody comes to the thrift store and just drops off all their old stuff and my job is to be like oh okay uh set your donations down right here thank you sir and then i just sort through them and pick out what sucks and pick out what's worth money and uh there's a downside because you're everybody's first thought is like oh blake you can make so much money being a reseller and keep all the good stuff for yourself but like obviously they already know this, so there's cameras and there's rules against this mm-hmm. shit. And this is funny because they like really enforce this. Like, it, even if you see something you like after it goes on the sales floor, you can't buy it for another week. You have to wait, make sure no one else wants to buy it because we've got the employee discount. Um. So it's even less money for them if we buy it. So they're like, let let the public see it first. Whatever, blah blah blah. But. But I work with a lot of old people, and I and like in their sixties, and I, and I've seen some of them like hiding, shit, and like stashing away. Like this one lady asked me to watch her shit for her. 
That's amazing. And I didn't even look at what was in the bag, but it was like something wrapped in plastic, you know, not to rat anybody out, but there was a Madness final sitting out, which was like a, like a 1979, early 81, maybe like ska band in England. Oh. And like some other songs, okay. yeah, some of the songs were really good. And, and the album cover is hilarious. I forgot what the name of the album was, but I saw this Madness album and I was like, oh shit, I want this. How do I get this? And they're like, well, you got to put a price sticker on it and put it on the floor and then wait until next week and see if it's still there. <laughs> like, of course it's going to be gone. So then on my lunch break, I go dig through all the vinyls that they have out there to see if there's like anything good. And it's just all Christmas shit. Like mm. it's all just old Christmas shit. No one wants, no one wants it. Nope. And it's, like, bad. I was like, man. But, I don't know. So much fun, though. Easiest job in my life. They, it's also safe. Everybody wears masks and gloves. Everybody works six feet apart. We all keep our distance from each other. And it's, it's like, I feel so lucky to be there. I'm going to be talking about this on the podcast probably a lot because every day I come home with a different story about something I found or something funny that happened. I work with the coolest people i feel so lucky to be here your co-workers seem really cool they're hilarious it's the the most diverse cast of people uh so it, it's just you've got old people you know a lot of people that don't speak english uh dudes my age uh so i believe you're supposed to say older <laughs> somehow that's nicer instead of saying old people yeah somehow it's nicer to say older older people Older people. And the comedy is all day. It's always funny. Nice. Yeah. This is kind of sad, but there's like a big camp of homeless people outside the store, like across the street, because because they uh, when people come to donate their stuff and we're closed, they'll just, they'll, you know, they'll look to see where the door is or figure out where to drop it off. And then um, the homeless people will roll up and be like, hey we'll take your donations like I could use that and then they'll and they'll take it and sell it and flip it I don't have a problem with that that's common sense to me you know that's good business but but the security guard and the guy in charge there hates it so the security guard and the people out in the street are like always fighting and (laughs) every day they're just like but it's mostly verbal like, it's mostly them just yelling insults back and forth at each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like, I've, I've, I haven't seen it get physical yet. It's mostly just lots of yelling. And there was, there, there was one time where the, the homeless, one of the guy homeless guys was, like, all pissed off because he got kicked out and he was acting like the security officer abused him. And he was like, he was like, motherfucker, I'm going to call the cops on you. You're abusing me. I'm going to call the cops on you, motherfucker. You're no security guard. And the security guard goes, motherfucker, I'm going to call your mom and tell her you turned out to be a crackhead, you motherfucker. <laughs> the security guard is fighting <laughs> with the homeless people. Yeah, well, and then he said to me, he was like, well, you can't be nice to them or they'll just, like, they won't, they won't stop stealing your shit. <laughs> you know, they yeah. co- and all that's going on at my job. You know, that's so that that's on, on my mind while I'm there. Yeah. Because that's so. Yeah, that's a lot. We can we can move on. <laughs> I know it's not fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, and I, it's just I. But so I can clarify that I'm not just like making up that they're on crack. It's like I, uh, the same person that like I'm having a normal conversation with 
half an hour later will come back and be like just like screaming like at the sky or something and it's like yeah that's not the same person i was just talking to recently so it's right you know and i don't yeah i don't blame them for stealing the donations <laughs> go for it yeah i wouldn't <laughs> it's care. a free country like yeah, steal our shit go for it <laughs> yeah take this shit you should have it you don't have yeah. a house man <laughs> exactly. sell some of this shit make some money yeah yeah this is one this is gonna sound uh i don't know if this is gonna sound bad or not but i didn't expect this uh there's some dudes out there that are like living in tents that are ripped like i've seen some insanely strong dudes in the streets yeah there's some hotties out there uh yeah maybe hotties is a questionable term but like you know you think you don't picture homeless guys like like bodybuilders but some of them look like they're bodybuilding like i've seen some dudes on the street come out of a tent just like ripped as shit and i'm like i'm like who is this guy fighting i've seen some ripped dudes too right they're getting stronger yeah (laughs) i was thinking about applying at the thrift store because i wanted a job i need a job and then I was like, I'm going to do Postmates instead because I don't want to have the boss or coworkers or managers. So, and then I set up my OnlyFans yesterday and that has already been profitable. It's crazy. I'm very proud of you. Sorry for that pause. I picked up the dog to give him a kiss. Yeah, I saw that. It was pretty cute. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for you. Actually, I, I've been hoping and waiting for you to start an OnlyFans for a long time. You have been encouraging me to do porn for, like, six years. I have, have I been pushy? No, you haven't been pushy. Okay, good. But you've been, just, like... I never wanted to be pushy. Yeah, you've just, just been... To... You've just been, like, if, if you did porn, I would absolutely love it. You know? Hint, hint. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do porn because I don't want to, like, fuck other people. I just want to fuck myself. And I have the agency to fuck myself. And it's great. And people pay me money for it. So it's pretty chill. Yeah, I'm into it. I've done sex work for a really long time. But I've always been apprehensive about talking about it because I have a family, you know, a large family, a large, like, Mexican Roman Catholic family, and I always just feel like they wouldn't understand, but we're not as tight-knit as we used to be, so I feel like, I don't know, I'm not, I don't, I kind of care, I just care less now. I'm like, I'm 30, almost, you know, like, I'm, I'm a grown woman, and unless you're going to pay my bills, you can just shut the fuck up about how I make my money, you know? But but it's been the first time I've kind of talked about it, and I kind of have to sort of... I don't... I mean, it's a lot of things, but I'm kind of chalking it up a little bit to the, the popularity of OnlyFans. It's interesting how it took off, and because there's been plenty of other things that function like OnlyFans does, you know? Um, but it's just gained popularity and thus it's kind of like normalized it, which is cool. It should be normal. Like sex is super normal and people like want to pay to look at it and people want to pay to have it and people want to have experiences and they're down to pay for it. It's like, like sex work is like one of the oldest trades ever. It's so old. It's ancient. 
you know, it's not weird to me. The first encounter I had with sex work as a child was learning about the movie Pretty Woman with Julia Roberts and Richard ah. Gere. Because mm-hmm. I saw the VHS at my friend's house, and I was like, what is this? Because even as a small child, I was like really attracted to hot women. And I saw Julia Roberts on the Pretty Woman cover, and I was like, "What? Is, who's this? What is Super this? Super babe, yeah. Yeah, and um, later kind of pieced together that, somehow I pieced together that the movie was about a, a woman being bad, but they, like, fall in love or something. And uh, that That's like your five-year-old <clears throat> vernacular that you're using, right? Like, right, yeah, okay. sure. I, I'm but I that picture that, using that now. <laughs> I th- I think about that popularity of that movie. That was probably 1990. Of like that was the world's perspective of sex work at that time. That she's like this poor, like down and out, like woman who's like trying to make money on the street, and this rich guy swoops in and helps her out and stuff, right? And like it's complicated and stuff like this. And while that person exists, like that's our parents' view of what sex work is like. And this generation's view of what sex work is like is like, it's like Instagram. It's like it's like an Instagram that costs money. Like if if you want to see my boobs uh, on a regular basis, you should give me money, and that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, a you lot know of people I mean? do. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's cool. I think girls are finally getting the money that's owed to them for being hot, and you don't have to have a modeling agency. All you need is a phone. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's great. I I think it's great. I think it's interesting though. I'm like apprehensive to speak about sex work in sociological terms because even though I've been a sex worker for wow, like 10 years, mm-hmm. I still don't feel like I'm in a place where I could speak about the lived experiences of of sex workers from, you know, all across the trade, because there's so many different ways to be a sex worker, and there's so many ways it, it impacts your life, and there's survival sex workers, which people think about a lot. They think, like, so many people are survival sex workers, but so many people are, but so many people are not, you know? It's, I think it's just so much... Um, bigger than people realize I I think that there are so many sex workers that will just never tell you that they're a sex worker you know and that's starting to change but Mm -hmm. that's all I'm going to say about it because I don't feel like I'm educated enough to keep talking about it Mm -hmm. all I'll say is it's complicated there's a lot going on there but people should be able to fuck themselves for money and that's what I'm going to do I think a lot of people in America like to pick on sex workers because it's a staple of American culture to pick on other people, to belittle other people, to make yourself feel better. Not just American, but like lots of cultures. But people hate but, women. They but, hate them. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's a it's and people a, hate trans people. They hate yeah, them. It's a big machismo thing to talk about everybody else as being less than you. Yeah. And treat them that way. Yeah. If if people aren't like different than you then how are you superior right we're like in lots of other european countries i don't know if sex workers are held higher and lower in the morality standard but at least they have jobs that are legal that like are not 
you know, I think legalization would be like the easiest way to like e- like cut out the the scary people. I also want to say what I just said about if people aren't different than you, how are you superior? That's not how I feel. That's just a, a mind mindset that a lot of people have. Yeah. To to justify their superiority, and they're sadly nothing without their hatred. That's why they have it. Yeah, it's weird. It's a hard thing to diagnose. Complicated. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really cool that you started the OnlyFans. It's been the first 24 hours. Yeah. How do you feel so far? I feel richer. Yeah. You've already made money. I've already made some money. I'm shocked. You've already got some simps in the DMs asking for what? Like weird stuff? Not yet. I haven't got weird stuff yet. No? No. Run okay. of the mill. So far, which is really nice. Yeah. You'll know you've made it when when dudes are buying your panties. Check. Someone's already buying your panties. Yeah, I have to. I have to mail them tomorrow. You have to mail your panties out tomorrow yeah. to some. I that's that's. I think that crosses the weird line already. Like some guy I, being like, "That's so normal." Buying to panties me. is normal. Yeah, lots of people buy panties. Well, then I'm conservative. I've never <laughs> bought anyone's panties. I've never. I'll be honest. I'll cut out. I'll talk about my OnlyFans record. I've probably subscribed to maybe like 10, 11 people. But I've but I've never bought no panties in the mail, or like I've never. I don't think I've just I've just <laughs> heard about it for so long that I just don't think it's weird. Uh huh. I'm like, you know, people are out here buying panties, mm-hmm. and I got some panties for you, so that's fine. Yeah, I don't I don't be I'm like, and I'm also not trying to have conversations with these girls because I know like what they're here for. So I'm just like, the most will be like, hey, is that video for sale and they'll be like yep and I'll be like alright thanks or that's it I guess you know like I'm not trying to be their friends it sounds like your phone's blowing up with some dudes that want to be your friend already no just normal I don't know I don't know how to describe it like when when you're saying like oh just run of the mill just normal that might not be everyone's normal but I think everything that I've gotten or been doing is really vanilla like i i haven't done anything kinky yet i haven't gotten any kinky requests i haven't gotten anyone being disrespectful wow that's great yeah and like nothing disrespectful and a friend of mine who also does OnlyFans was telling me the same thing she's like it's crazy it's actually been great it's just like thirsty dudes that think i'm hot that have followed me forever are they have this platform to be horny for me which they already are right and they're just finally getting to be like you're so beautiful and she's like you're so right thank you and she's making money so she's she's having a great time that's great yeah that's a beautiful thing yeah she said it's everyone's been really cool Uh and i'm seeing that as well i mean i haven't been i've only had it for a day like kind of two days two work days 24 hours but yeah yeah Wow, that's so cool. Super into it. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, babe. Mm-hmm. I need to make money. I've been, um, I've been, I was really depressed. I We missed last week's episode because I let my medication lapse between refills. And um, I don't have an excuse for not taking care of myself. I think you just gave us an excuse. Well, I mean, Your meds I shouldn't lapsed, have so. let it lapse is what I mean. I don't have an excuse for letting it lapse. Okay. Don't have an excuse for not taking care of myself. But then it just kind of snowballed, and then it was like physically 
really bad. Like, it didn't even feel like mental. It didn't feel like, oh, I'm so sad. Like, I'm not depressed in the way a lot of people think about depression that don't have it typically. Not to say that people don't get depressed. This world is a depressing place. If you don't get depressed, I'm kind of concerned about you. Like, this place is crazy. Yeah, happy people are suspect. Happy people freak me out. They're weird, right? They're crazy. They're nuts. Anyway. If this doesn't depress you, you're crazy. (laughs) And, um... So, yeah, it was so bad. It was, like kind of like losing like my motor functions a little bit and like feeling really heavy all the time and being so tired sleeping like 12 hours like every night not being able to get out of bed and just being like but it's all physical like like you're drowsy all the time super tired but now I'm back on them and uh Tino goes to Hollywood is back Tino is in Hollywood living the life he loves it here and the podcast is back we got you back on your medication yeah it feels good and then it's funny because i i kind of thought sometimes i think about getting off of it because i've been taking medication for depression since i was 12 i'm about to be 30 Mm -hmm. but i had breaks in between yeah and then i thought about it and i was like yo what if i like don't need this anymore like what if i'm okay sure but even then you're supposed to taper off Cold turkey, uh-huh. no good. Your brain's going to freak out like mine did. But then I kind of made it to this point where, like, cigarettes kind of tasted good. I remember having one. It didn't disgust <laughs> me. Like, we were talking about really coming full circle. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is kind of hitting. Like, yeah. I don't I don't hate this cigarette right now. <laughs> Not a chore to smoke it. It yeah. feels kind of nice. Yeah. And I felt myself getting, like, mildly horny for no reason, but, like, being too depressed to do anything about it. But, like, (laughs) just having this, like, weird stirring feeling in my vagina, like, we're awake, but, like, nothing, you know what I mean? But, like, not... When the well-butrins away. Yeah. 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 Like, all these, like, nerves are like, (laughs) we're resurrected, you know? But, like, I was just, like, I was still too depressed to, like, even finger myself. I'm like, oh, no. That's that's cool, though, that it's back. That's chill. Not going to do anything about it. So, I was like, what if I take these steps to, like, be off of it? And I was like, Dre, you're not functional. Like, you're you're not in a good place. If you want to get off it, do it the right way and taper off. Because... you don't know when this is going to end. Like, you don't know when you're just going to, like, feel better. And you can't afford to not be better because I really need a job. I was like, I need to have, like, some enterprises going on. And I don't want to have a boss. So that means I have to get to hustling. Mm -hmm. And I'm too depressed to hustle. So let's get back on these meds. Let's get back on these meds. So, I don't know. (sighs) You were, I'll say this, when you were off it, you were, like, bedridden, kind of. Yeah, You would sleep for, like, 12, 13 hours and then kind of watch TV. All day. Yeah. So, I mean... On a good day, I'd make myself, like, work out, but there'd be times where I, if I even had the motivation, Mm -hmm. I'd, like, roll out my yoga mat and I would be too tired. Like, I was drowsy. Like, it felt like I was on a medication or something. It was weird. Western psychology can be really crazy sometimes. I'd actually like to talk about it next week, and I will hold myself to it. I'm saying it, so it's true and it's real, and I'm going to make it happen. I'll do a little more research about this. I feel like I kind of don't have the language right now. 
I have ideas, but I don't know how to talk about it in a way that makes sense yet. Um, but about psychology, Western psychology, and how it's both something that we want to normalize more, and also something that we don't realize there's such an industry for it, and these things get pushed on us. And it's like we're talking about our traumas and our problems, and often not talking about the trauma that capitalism inflicts on us. Why is it so hard to live? You know, that's kind of what I want to talk about next week (laughs) in a concise way. Right. Yeah. So you're like, you're focusing, you know, on on all of your personal traumas without the trauma that is being, you know, done to you just by like existing. Yeah. In these circumstances. I think, um, for me personally, this turning point happened when I hit 30 and the, the, at some point after 30, uh, my, on my 30th birthday, I left Chicago and moved to San Antonio to live with you and your mom. And I, the trauma of a life and existence kind of like culminated and you remember that uh, night when you came back to like visit me or packing, and I just like sat down and started crying really hard. Happy and birthday! I was, and I was crying, and I, you were like, "What's wrong?" And I couldn't even articulate what's wrong, other than I was just like, "I've been here for so many years, and it's amounted to nothing. Uh, what what am, what am I even doing? Like I've accomplished nothing, basically." I feel like that all the time. And. And then after, like, I got, like, really fucked up about it, uh, I came to total, like, at peace with it, and it was, like, this sort of, like, becoming, becoming so used to the trauma of capitalism, the trauma, which my, my, mine is nowhere near as traumatic as other people's, because I'm, like, white male, so it's breezy for me, but... Still, I have to you know, go to a job I don't would rather not be at and com- compete against what I wish I was doing, and also just dealing with like the trauma of like living in a place that's set for destruction around people that are ignorant, and you at some point you develop this like sort of numbness because you've been here so long, you know what I sure. mean? I was listening to my punk band's demo from when I was sixteen. That's like twenty years ago. And the lyrics were, like, this 100% true today. Yeah. And even though I was, like, 16, it was just writing some goofy stuff about, like, capitalism and greed and we're all set to self-destruct from our ignorance, whatever. But I was listening to it and I was like, damn, that applies now. Yeah. It hasn't changed. I feel that way about... Um, also, thanks for sharing that with me and with everyone. Um, I feel that way about other things that I'll read, like I'll be reading a book that was maybe published in like the, the seventies, the sixties, the fifties. And, and they're still talking about those things, about the danger of capitalism, the danger of commodification, like the, you know, just the general like push and pull of life and how unnecessary it is. And like, you know, especially artistic types or whatever, like in older eras, like being, um, more weird, more rare, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and, and so even though things were like way better, 
still in in some regards there's we have we have victories and we have tragedy all the time mm-hmm. but there it's their words still ring true today and i'm always baffled that like people have been feeling like this for so long and it's true and then when you get to more like the the 70s and 80s when people are like are becoming very environmentally conscious and they're just like hey like you know this shit is is on a timer like it's gonna blow up unless we stop so people have been saying that for a long time and now we're really seeing the effects of it. So things have always been like this, but we're really seeing the effects of it. We're living among the effects and it's very scary, you know? So all the warnings weren't, weren't listened to, were overpowered. Mm-hmm. And now we're like living in it and we know it's only going to get worse because that's, that's what we do we we make everything worse right like we just keep making the planet worse Mm -hmm. and it's not you know we on like a you and me scale we're complicit as consumers and we have to be better about that Mm -hmm. everyone should but it's rough when you have such evil running against the world Mm -hmm. you know yeah it makes you yeah numb like you said desensitized yeah. A lot of people are. That's a huge struggle, is not becoming desensitized. Is there anything that we can talk about on a lighter note? Did Was there anything that you wanted yeah, to Yeah, I was about? just, like, scratching my head, like, wow, wow, America's just, like, in this, like, uh, psychedelic uh, holocaust. I'm, I'm trying to, like, think of, like, something better to say. Yeah. That we can, what else we can talk about that's not like this? <laughs> lots of countries. The world. <laughs> yeah. Pretty bad. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hellfire. It's terrible. Like, it's, the reptilians are reigning supreme and, uh, they just throw us, you know, bones and it's rough. It's a rough time rough time to be alive okay can you go in deeper do you know any more about the reptilian theory okay so next week we're talking about reptilians reptilians and politics okay next week we're talking about reptilians and politics and western psychology and And its agenda (laughs) the agenda of western (laughs) psychology and the agenda of reptilians that's what we'll be talking about. And we'll be breaking down <laughs> reptilians. Yeah. You excited to talk yeah. about the lizard people? The lizard people. Oh, God. I wish I still had a copy of uh, Behold a Pale Horse by David Icke. What's that? It is a conspiracy theory book that is really cool when you're 15. And then if you, when you read it when you're growing up, you're like, this is so dumb that you devote all this time to writing about it, but that's what people did back then. Yeah. But, like, you're reading it now, and you're like, you know, jack-off motion, like, all right, yeah, we we, we know, we know. Uh-huh. But, like, you know, I don't know when it was published, the 80s, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I wish I still had a copy, because it's kind of fun to flip through. Cool. Conspiracy theorists, you know, they're as crazy as the, the conspiracies, and some of those conspiracies are are actually true so then are they really crazy uh-huh you know who amongst us isn't crazy amen sister that's what i'm saying 
I would love nothing more than for like Joe Biden to go on stage with Kamala Harris and after they won the election they like unzip their faces and like their reptile bodies come out and they're like haha we've got you now America finally like just come out with it we all know that you are a lizard person from an alien race we all know that just (laughs) just take off your human suit okay yeah I want to see the face of evil you fucking coward take it off but they won't do it they won't reptilian people they're out here and they're like the overlord race, like the. They're the bad race. They're they're the race that feeds on um, fear. Mm-hmm. And there are races that feed on love. Are they an alien race? Yeah. Okay, and they came to Earth and put on white people suits. Yeah. I love it. I hope that's true. We're gonna break it down. I hope the reptilian race theory is true. That would explain why there's bad people here, because we're not all bad. Some of us have to be from another planet. Lizards in white people suits. This is a spiritual war. A spiritual war. I believe it. I came came to that conclusion on my own, just kind of living life. I was like... There, I don't think that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. But there are some things that feel divine. Really? Like like the idea of like an interventionist god. A god that comes in and tinkers with your life when you need it, right? Right. Yeah. Do you believe in that? No. Right, me neither. But there are things that happen sometimes that feel like they happen for a reason. When you feel, like, touched in some way, or you feel grateful in some way, that, Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Right. And then there are times where I've had, like, just spiritual things that happen to me where I'm just, like, I feel very, like, not alone. Like, I feel, like, loved by, like, other entities and, like, spirits and, like, ancestors Mm -hmm. and um i just think that there are two opposing forces good and evil light and dark right you know the devil and god whatever Mm -hmm. you know how people frame it but i think that there i think all it comes down to is fear and love fear and love everything bad stems from fear hatred self-hatred just everything, you know, violence, you know, you're protecting yourself in some way. You think you are when you're hurting someone else, right? Right. And um, it all comes from fear. And love can be something that you have to work for. It can be arduous, but most of the time it's easy, you know, it's easy to give it. It's easy to receive it. Not for everyone. Everyone's complicated. But mm-hmm. at its core, love just comes on so much easier than fear does. Fear mm-hmm. takes a toll on you. Yes. You know? I love having a podcast. I love just talking my shit. Really fun. I think you have beautiful words to share with people. You I think, think what so? you said was just really great. Aw, babe. That's something a lot of people need to hear. Aw, babe. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That makes me feel good. Yeah, I I sound uh smart sometimes. Like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> sometimes I sm- sometimes I sound like I read good. Sometimes. <laughs> well, do we need like a little hooray? Like, do we need a pick me up after this kind of somber episode? No, I think it's good. That was the pick me up talking about how love yeah. is the answer. Yeah, I think your ending was great. I think Aww. the way it ended right there is fantastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Well, um, we'll be back next week talking about uh, reptilians and their agenda and the agenda of Western psychology. Mm-hmm. Later. Later.